lay down any worries, any thoughts, anything that's not of the Lord. Last me to let go, I thought I knew better, afraid of surrender to what I don't know. I always had a plan, but now I'm so weary, I can't see clearly, but that's who I am.
House and uh, upcoming events. We, uh, of course, uh, we had uh, prayer for the nation this Saturday, and it was it was good and uh, needful. And uh, thank you for everyone that came and uh, added your voice to the prayers. Uh, so this coming Sunday, next Sunday, is going to be our shoot soup and chili fellowship. Yeah, I know. I'm, I I I got tongue tied. Sorry. Soup and chili fellowship right after service. So please bring a pot of soup or chili along with uh, any needed sides like chips, sour cream, and extra cheese. Uh, we're going to be providing the drinks and we'll be providing the uh, utensils and the plates and such. So, um, and we'll have water. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, and, and then, uh, and then March fourth, of course, will be prayer for the nation again at 8 a.m. because it's first first Saturday of the month. Uh, and then youth camp deposits are due on March 10th, so uh, please have those get those into us so that we can be ready to send that off on time to camp. Um, and then uh, March uh, March 21st through the 23rd is going to be uh, Brother Randy's going to be in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, for his Contending Faith Bible Conference. So if you want to attend that, uh, you can get with me or Robbie for information on that, or you can go to RME. Uh, rgm.me I guess I'm just okay right it's not written on here sometimes it is right and and then and you can get information that way but they do have a uh, for the hotels there if you're wanting to stay they do have a group uh, rate and the sooner you get your this yeah you better 
if you want to go get it in now because the group rates do fill up and because they're only allowed allotted so many rooms for that group rate uh, so yeah and if you have to cancel that's not a big deal but uh, so it's not like you're committing yourself you just you're just saying hey I'm, I'm interested in going please put me in for the group rate and they do uh, sometimes if they run out they'll get more rooms uh, so and that's where we're at on that. Okay, so and then of course uh, Generation Life Youth Camp's coming up in June. Praise God, gonna have a good time there. And we've started our foundations class Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. If you weren't there, uh, please uh, plan to come because it's it's good, it's needful. Uh, you're learning uh, you're learning the the basics and the foundations of Christianity. And 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 if you if you've missed those basics, it's very helpful. Uh, to getting on the right track. Yes, this week we'll be doing Bible interpretation. All right. How to interpret it. Yes, how to interpret it properly so that you're not getting off. And Because, and well, let's face it, there's a whole lot of people getting off from that. All right. So, so and there's basics to that so that you don't get off. All right. Now, uh, and then, of course, uh, there's... Uh, there's an opportunity in here to uh, give into somebody's life, uh, so please read that. I'm not going to do it over the uh, over the live feed, and then we'll do our meditations. All right. So meditation uh, for for this week is uh, our in him is Ephesians six three out of the easy um, English version, and it says, "This is the message of God's good news. Gentiles as well as Jews may receive the good things that God has prepared for His children." We may all belong to the same group of God's people, like we are his body. Everyone who is, meaning we may be able to, if we, if we choose to, we can belong to his body. Everyone who is entitled, uh, or every, excuse me, everyone who is united with Christ Jesus receives the good things that God has promised. Praise God. So our confession, this is the good news. I receive the good things that God has prepared for me. I belong to him. He calls me his. I am of his body. I am united with Jesus Christ. Therefore, I receive the good things that God has promised me. Amen. That's that's a good one. All right. So our healing scripture for this week is is Psalms 32 out of the King James, and it's fairly it's very simple. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. That's easy and point blank. You can't miss that one. All right. So our confession: God has heard my cry and has healed me. Praise God. All right. Let's pray for the service. Lord, we thank you for being here with us. We come expecting to hear from you and to learn from you and to draw closer to you. Lord, we expect to see you to move in the service today and to hear, hear the good news and to hear how we can become more like your son. Lord, because that's, that's who we are. We're disciples of your son. We want to become more like him. We want, we want it to where when, when, when people look at us, they see your son through us through our actions, through our words, through our deeds, through just through knowing that, that we are followers of Christ and that this is how a Christian should be. 
We endeavor to do that to the best of our ability. And Lord, we ask you to help us and to, and to, and to teach us so that we can do this even better. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for your son. He is so good to us, and he, is, he did so much for us, and he, he loves us so. And we love you, and we just want to be more like you. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you've given us the ability to rebuke the devourer. Satan, we rebuke you, and we, and we charge you to leave now. You cannot come. You cannot steal, kill, and destroy. You cannot interfere with this service, and you will not take the word that is sowed here. It will fall on good ground, and it will grow in our lives, and, and it will bear fruit in our lives, and, that, and, we, and it will affect us and the people that we come in contact with in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Derek? Let's do our confession together. Yes. With some, with some meaning. <laughs> Go for it, Derek. We're not we're not con, we're not we're not getting you on you. I am the image, image of God. God. I, I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am new creature and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, and I am live in Christ. I am buried into life, saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen, and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer, and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as king in life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Worship only two weeks, right?
You're the devil, 
Your glory, God, is born. 
for joining us here today. We sing to you, we sing to our Lord, we sing to our Father God. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Total healing, total healing. One, two, three, four. Glory be your name, Lord. Ready? Let it go. Let the poor man say, I am rich in him. Yes, we are. Let the lost man say, I am found in him. Oh.
you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, Father, do let your river flow. Father, we just, oh, Father, Father, oh, Father, we just desire, we hunger for the river of the Holy Ghost. Father, we desire that living water to flow freely through us and in us. Father, we just desire your presence that brings perfect peace and perfect joy. Father, we thank you for that joy that breaks, oh, the bondages, Father. Father, it's part of the anointing. It's part of the, the anointing that breaks the yoke, Father, and we're just so thankful for it. And Father, we give you honor and glory as we approach your word this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. You may be seated. I want to show you some things in the word this morning. I'll show you some things. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, I've told you for two Sundays in a row now that I'd show you the scripture that says that God is not, that our God, the Father God, is not the God of this world. Now, he created this world. He is the creator of this world, but he is no longer the God of this world. So I want you to go to 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. And as you turn there, we'll just pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. Father, as we reveal these truths to your people, I ask that you, put it, that you drop it down into the good ground of their hearts and reveal truth unto them. And Father, we thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your word. And we thank you for your goodness in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Father, thank through mine and Michael's mind, speak through our lips the very oracles of God that we may declare the truth of God. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hold your place in 2 Corinthians. I'm listening to the Holy Ghost. Hold your place in 2 Corinthians and turn back to Psalms. Psalms 24, I believe, is where I want to go. Psalms 24. Yep, Psalms 24. So a lot of people will say and a lot of people believe that uh, God is, is, in is in control and that God is the author and finisher of absolutely everything that happens on the earth, good or bad. And that's not true. God is love. It tells us that over in the book of James. God is love. And there's no evil in God. There's no, there's no abuse, there's no neglect, there's no manipulation, there's no control um, in God. All of, that, that, all of that evil that is in the world comes from the great enemy or the arch enemy of God, which is Satan, Lucifer. In Psalms 24, it starts off, this is the psalmist, this is, Paul, or this is um, a, a psalm of David under the Old Testament, and in the Old Testament, they did not understand, uh, they, they didn't declare God the way that we declare God. Uh, you have to understand that in the time of the Old Testament, there were many, many, as there is today, but in their culture, there were many, 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 not M-I-N-I, but M-A-N-Y, many gods, gods, okay? And, that, and every time you see God in the Bible in reference to all of these different 
gods is the little g talking about a category you know if you if you said dogs and cats birds and gods all of those would be lowercase giving a list okay but every time that you see god in the bible capitalized that's a noun and it's the proper name of the father god his name is god his name is god it's not that it's not that we don't capitalize it because we're elevating our god we're capitalizing it because that's his name his name is god uh and so another way of looking at this is is the divine uh deity the creator of everything the one that created everything the one that created us the one that created the earth the one that is that holds the earth in the palm of his hands the one that cannot lie that deity is his name is god capital g o d that is his name amen now separate from him uh is all of these other little g gods their name is not god it's just another word for a deity uh, in other words a supreme ruler or a supreme judge or somebody that's in control so satan where we get that word satan from is that word is a, actually we're speaking when we say the word satan we're actually believe it or not don't Hebrew. fall out we're speaking ancient hebrew the word the ancient hebrew word when they speak it it, it, it it translated into our modern language is the word satan that's where we get it from and so what that word satan is 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 this is the arch enemy and that would be a capital s that would be his name he's the supreme ruler of the little g gods the little g gods and how he came into existence and how he came to be and this is not the sermon today that's a whole another sermon we'll teach on him another time but how he came into existence is everything that god created pull up back there in the back for me pull up genesis 1 uh the last verse i believe it's verse 20 i believe it's verse 30 or 32 it's the last verse in genesis 31. 1 verse 31 mm-hmm. and it says notice it says and god so that's his name he's talking about the supreme ruler of everything and god saw that everything that he made and behold it was very, very good. good there was nothing that god made that was bad nothing which means that when god created the angel lucifer there was lucifer was not created badly he was created very good in fact he was so very good that he was the most beautiful of all of the seraphim which is the highest ranking of the angels and the seraphim were um were were angels that had a fiery tone to their skin they had this uh golden ruby tone and so their skin or their 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 adorning looked uh very fiery where you get the idea of ser- that the word seraphim means to be a fiery bronze and satan's job or lucifer's job was to dance before the father god giving god praise and worship and honor at all times and in when god created 
uh, Lucifer, he actually, Lucifer was actually, he actually had pipes uh, uh, embedded in him. And so when, when Lucifer would move and when he would dance before the throne of God, he would actually make music with all of his movements. Amazing, amazing creature. Beautiful, beautiful creature. Well, the Bible says that iniquity or sin or hatred was found in him, was found in him. God didn't create him to be evil. The evil was in the, in the material used to create him. I equate it to this. Miss Anne's a potter. And, Miss Anne, and how they make pottery is they take clay from the earth, different types of clays, and they combine them and they mix them and they put them through a process called refining and they, and they get out enough moisture and what have you to make it to where it's workable and elastic. And they get all of the impurities out of it. And, and depending on where the clay comes from and depending on the process will depend on if you get white porcelain, which is a very uh, delicate clay, or you get a hard stoneware, which is what most of your dishes and stuff are made out of. They're more sturdy. They're more... So what, but they, what they do is in the process of, of, of making all this clay, they refine it. They put it through uh, screens and filters to get out all of the impurities. That's what they do. Well, sometimes for various reasons, an impurity will remain in the clay. And you can't see it. You can't feel it. You won't even realize that it's there. Am I not on? You need Mike. Uh, uh, you need, um, so what will happen is when they're, when they're working the clay and they're pulling the clay, I've watched mom do this a few times. Um, they work very hard to get it, but what they'll do is she'll, all of a sudden she'll feel something hard or rough in the clay. Now this clay has gone through a hard process, but they, to, to get it, to get all of the impurities out. But yet, every once in a while, she'll say, there's something hard in here, and she'll take her pen tool, and she'll kind of dig around in there, and she'll pull out a little mineral deposit. Now, that mineral deposit shouldn't be in there. It went through the full process to make sure that that clay was perfect, but yet something slipped through the refining process. Well, that's what happened with Lucifer. Something slipped through the refining process. Now, there's times that she'll even throw a bowl. And she'll go through it, and I'm telling you, we work, I've, wor I've worked the clay with her. And we slice it and slice it and slice it and cut it and wedge it and run it through a mill and do all this stuff to it. And, and you know, we'll work it to make sure there's nothing in there that's going to cause a problem. But when it goes through the fire, when it goes under pressure, when pressure comes, when the cooking comes, all of a sudden, we'll, go, we'll, we'll get a pot out of the kiln that's been cooked, and we'll pull it out, and we'll go... What is that? And, and the cooking process, the process caused an impurity that was in the clay the whole time to come to the surface and cause a flaw in the pot. Now, is that the potter's fault? No. It was in the material from the beginning. That's how Lucifer came to be. He, he, this, this hatred, this pride, which is what it was, he got so full of pride that he lifted himself up he got to looking at how beautiful he was. He got to looking at how talented he was. He got to looking at his status in heaven, and he began to hate and despise God because he thought, 
I'm better than God. And he decided to raise his throne, and he decided, I'm going I'm to establish my throne over God. Basically, he revolted against God. And he got a third of the angels, third, you know, that's not a big deal, right, a third? Well, when you're talking an unnumberable amount of angels, a third is a big number. So he got a third of the angels to agree with him. He got to talk him behind God's back with the other angels. And the other angels got to talking to him. And so what happened is he got, when, when, he did, when, when the angels rebelled against God, God said, we ain't doing this. Flick. And flicked him out of heaven and flicked him to the earth. Jesus said while he was on the earth that he, that he beheld Satan falling from heaven like lightning. Like lightning. In other words, as powerful and as big and as high-ranking as Satan was, he was nothing to God's ability. So Satan does, and so in that, in that falling to the earth like lightning, he transformed from Lucifer to Satan. He became God's, in that process of getting built up in pride, in that process of trying to exalt himself over God, he ended up uh, rebelling against God. But I want you to see, everything that God made was very good. So the problem was not God. And I said, look at Psalms 24. Mm -hmm. So, and I said this about David. I said all that to say this. In the Old Testament, you had the people that served God, which were a, a small portion of the people on the planet. And then you had the people that served all of these other deities or all of these other little G-gods. Who are the little G-gods? The little G-gods are other, uh, I, I personally believe that they're the fallen angels. Some people believe dis differently, but here's what we know for a fact. We know that devils and demons are disembodied uh, spirits that are rebelling against God. That's what we know for a fact according to the word. So they're spirits that do not have a physical body, and they desire a physical body. They're, they're spirits without a physical body, and they're rebelling against God. And how they're doing this is they're taking rule and reign over regions and areas in the spirit. And, then, and thereby, they influence people. And eventually, if people will surrender to them, they'll overtake people. That's how they do this. So uh, Satan is the head of all little g-gods. And, and then the demons under him the principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wickedness in high places are, are, are other demons that have rule and reign over other, other regions. So when uh, God is, is referred to in the Bible, when you see the word God, it's the word Elohim, which means the one true God, the creator, but it's also plural, which means the judges, the rulers, um, the divine ones. So they understood when they said the word Elohim, the one true God, they understood that this was one God, but three different rulers or judges, but, all the, but they all operated as one. And this is very important because every other religion of the world serves multiple gods, especially in the Old Testament. Multiple deities. That they, that they follow and that they worship. Okay? So 
here David said this in Psalms 24. He said, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. David is talking about God's original status in the book of Genesis, in Genesis 1. He's talking about the original status. Because he did found the world. He created because it. God did find, found the word, world. He did create it. He created every person that's in the world. But now go to 2 Corinthians 4. 4. 2 Corinthians 4. 4, excuse me. So I told you how to just put it there. Look at, let's read verses 1 through 4. All right. Or 1 through 5. All right. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handle, handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Okay, this is our job. This is our job. Our job is to put away our craftiness. We're to handle the word correctly, not deceitfully. We are to, to work. We are to walk as Christians. Um, and every man that comes in contact with us should know that we're Christians. And here's why. All right. Verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God, little g God, of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. No, it's big G. They're saying, they're calling him by name. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Notice it says, in whom the God, little g God. He's talking about Satan. I'm going to give you another scripture because let every word be established by two or three scriptures. He's talking about Satan, and, he, and, and by the Holy Spirit, Paul declares uh, Satan, the little g God, to be the ruler of this world. How did that happen? It happened in the book of Genesis. I'm not going to go into deep detail today because I've got uh, somewhere else we've got to go in the word. But what happened is God created Adam and Eve, mankind. The word Adam actually means the word mankind. He created mankind. And mankind was supposed to, by choice, follow God all the days of the earth. By choice. And so, and God said, if you'll follow me, if you'll let me be your divine ruler and follow me, then all will be well. And all that Adam and Eve had to do was not eat of one tree in the garden. See, because if God had never put anything, if, if there was no, because a lot of people say, well, why did God even put the tree in the garden? Well, if there was no tree in the garden, then they had no option to fail. No choice, no free which will. Which means they had no free will. So he, God had to put the tree there to give them total free will. Total free will. But then the Bible says that the serpent, uh, which was the most cunning of all the animals in the garden, came to Eve, which cunning means deceitful, trickery, trickery, deceitful. He came in. 
Now, and he began to talk to Eve. Side note, Eve was not surprised that the serpent was talking. She didn't go, oh my God, the snake, the serpent's talking to me. This is freaking me out. She didn't do that. What did she do? She talked back to him. So this was actually something that was very normal to them. Very normal to them. And the serpent uh, asked her about the tree. In other words, he quest, he got her. What he did is he got Eve, the mother of all mankind, he got Eve to question God and question herself. This is how people get deceived. He gets them into questioning. I refuse. I'm telling you right now, if you're taking notes, here's a good tip for you. Refuse to debate with the devil. Refuse. Just make up your mind right now. I will not get in an argument or a debate with the devil. And here's why. Because he's extremely smart. He was the head of all of the angels, and he will out he will outthink you. Out argue you. He'll out argue you. He'll twist you and get you all twisted and and flustered. And once you get twisted and flustered, he's got you. So refuse to argue with him. Just why the Bible tells us in First uh, Corinthians ten five to uh, refuse to take every thought captive. To take every thought. To captive. take every thought captive that goes against God. Boy, if Eve had had that knowledge back there, which she did, she just refused to do it. So what happened was he got to talking to her, and she she made a critical mistake. She should have said, "Satan, serpent, God said I'm not to I'm not to uh, eat of that tree. I'm not eating of it. That's it. Just quit talking to me." But she didn't do that. She answered his question. When Satan asks you a question, don't answer it. Because when you answer it, you give him uh, information and ammunition against you. Because she said, uh, God said that we're not to touch the tree. We're not to touch the tree. Is that what God said? No. Go back in chapter two and three, and chapter three, and read it. He didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat of it. So the indication from the original Hebrew is that the serpent backed her into the tree, and she touched it, and he said, "See, you didn't die." And so now she's now he's got a good argument. This is why we don't debate Satan. By the way, we're talking about praise is going to put you over. Praise is going to put you over. Instead of debating Satan, she should have just said what God said and began to praise God and shut him up. Right. But she you, didn't do that. You don't answer Satan with your thoughts and your, and your words. You answer mm -hmm. Satan with God's with thoughts God. and God's words. You quote scripture to him. Right. So, so what, she, what, what eventually happened is he got her to pick the fruit look at it, hand some of the fruit to Adam. Adam got to looking at it. She bit it. He bit it. They both chewed it up. Now, at this point, they've not sinned because you haven't eaten until you've swallowed. They've not sinned yet. They can back out at any second now. They could have spit it out and said, wait, 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 no, because I guarantee you, 
On the inside, I guarantee you the whole time they're going, this isn't good, this isn't good, this isn't good. When you know you're going to do, when you know you're doing something and you're going, this is not good, I should not be doing it, stop. Stop right there and say, "Mm, I'm done. Why? Because God's trying to save your life. Stop. But she didn't do that. Adam didn't do that. What they did is they willingly, by choice, surrendered to Satan's authority and Satan's will instead of God's authority and will. And when they did that, because our dominion, power, might, and ability is all based off of our will. And so when they surrendered their will to Satan, Satan became the God of this world instead of God. That's what happened. And so he's been in charge ever since. So when you hear somebody say, and I've been asking the Lord for quite some time on this one. I've been asking the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, I know I'm not supposed to argue just to argue, and I'm not supposed to fuss with just to fuss, and you can't, you know, don't throw your pearls out before the swine and all that. So I said, I know all those scriptures. I said, but it seems to, but you do tell us in your word to shut down the gangsayers. And you tell us to rebuke and and reprove uh, fellow Christians. But to do it in love. And I said, so Lord, there's got to be a good response when somebody says, well, God's in control. Because I just couldn't find the good response. Because a lot of times I just go, oh, okay. And then finally last night the Lord told me, he said, why don't you just simply ask him, which God? Which God? Which God? Which God's in control? Which God? Did you put him in control? Because i got news for you. The God that's in control of our government right now is not the divine creator of the world. He's he's not the one that's in control. Which God? Which God is in control? So I want you to see that Satan is the God of this world. Does that mean that all hope is lost? No. No. That's why God had Jesus come down to the earth. So that all hope would not be lost. I want you to turn to the book of John, John chapter 12, John 12. Are we getting started on the main sermon then? We are. We've been, on, we've been in it okay. for a while. John 12. John 12. Verse 31. Well, let's, let's just start where Jesus began. Verse 30. All right. Jesus answered. Listen, for y'all that are taking notes and get so mad that I back you up, when I write, when I say John 12, 31, and you write 31, just know 31 is the main point. And then put a little box on the side and say back up to 30 or wherever we're going. Nobody's getting mad. I hear him. I hear him. So you done messed up my notes, Pastor. I need my white out and everything else. Come on. Verse 30. Verse 30. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Talking about himself. He said, I'm not here for my benefit. How much do you know? It would have been far better for Jesus to stay in heaven. Right? Oh, it's quiet in this Pentecostal house this morning. How much do you know it would have been better for Jesus, for Jesus to stay in heaven for all of eternity and not come to the earth? Amen. Hallelujah. Whoo, goodness. Got that Pentecostal church talking again. All right, good. Now we can move on. All right, verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. When is the judgment of this world? Now. Now. 
Does that mean we're in the time of the tribulation? Nope. It means we're in the time of sorrows. We're in the time of sorrows. What's the time of sorrows? It's the time right, it's, it's the time, the time, so when Jesus came, Jesus said, this is the last days. The last days started when Jesus was crucified. Because the chain, because of the flow of God, the dispensation that we were in changed. And he said, this is the last days of how the world operates now. At the end of the last days is what's going to be called, is what's called the time of sorrows, Jesus' words. During the time of sorrows, and you can go in the Gospels and read all about it. You can get over in the book of Revelations and read about it. Even the epistles talk about it. But in the time of sorrows, there's going to be floods. There's going to be fires. There's going to be all kinds of weather anomalies and issues of that. So let me help you. Uh, the weather craziness that's occurring is not because you make too much garbage. It is, it is occurring because of the sin of the world. The earth was made very good, and the earth was created to house good and not evil. The earth cannot tolerate all of the sin that's being done on her. She can't. And that's why in the book of Isaiah, I believe it's the book of Isaiah, it says that the earth wobbles to and fro like a drunkard. Have you ever seen a drunk person stagger around? That's what the earth is doing on its axis. And that's what's causing all of the weather issues. You don't believe me? Talk to some pilots. We, we've got several friends that are pilots. And one of the things, and I didn't know this, you know how runways have numbers? The numbers correlate with their latitude and longitude. And that's how the planes find the runways. Well, the latitude and longitude is based on the center of the North Pole, the axis of the North Pole. Well, the earth is tumbling and, twi and moving around like a drunkard, so the axis of the North Pole is shifting which means that the latitudes and longitudes are shifting. So airports are having to change the numbers of the runways so that the planes can figure out where to land. Isn't that crazy? Now, the Bible also says that hell is in the center of the earth. The Bible also says that in the last days that hell is expanding itself. Why is hell expanding itself? Because, the, because hell was never created for, you, for mankind. Understand this. Hell was never created for mankind. Man goes to hell. Their eternal spirit goes to hell because you choose to. Because you choose to. The Bible says that God has placed a draw in every man toward God. Every man. Because I've heard all kinds of excuses. What about these people that live in third worlds? What about these people that can't hear? What about these people that can't speak? What about these people that live in the deep jungles? What about all the... Listen, God knows every person on the planet, and he ministers to them. If there's nobody to bring Christ to them, then Jesus himself will, will appear to them. God, the, Bible is, the Bible is true, and God said... 
I have, I have witnessed to every man has had it witnessed, has had Christ witnessed to him. Every man. Every man. So, this is, he said, now is the judgment of this world. In other words, Jesus has said, in the Old Testament, they didn't have a choice. They either followed the law or they didn't. That was it. They followed the law, they didn't. If they followed the law, then when they died, they went to Abraham's bosom. If they failed to follow the law, then they went straight into um, what they called damnation or Shiloh. That was it. Those were the two options. But now, because of the work of Christ, now God can judge. Now God has a position where He can judge us, and because we can, we can choose Jesus. We can choose to be born again. We can choose to live right. We can choose to walk with God, and therefore we can choose our eternal destination. We get to choose it. Right. And therefore, God says. Make the choice. Judge yourself. He said, he said back in the book of Deuteronomy, he said, I set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. If you don't know what to do, he says, choose life. This literally, literally, the, literally the scripture says, I set before you this day blessing and cursing, life and death, choose life. You don't get any more open book than that. You don't get any more open book than that. And here's the thing you got to understand. God's not sending anybody to hell. No. In fact, it's his will that no one goes to hell. That's right. Which is why we're going to go through the time but of But he's given us free choice. Right. So by our own choices, in our own words, in our own actions, decides where we're going to go. God doesn't have anything to do with it at this point. He, the rules are set, and we it's up to us to decide where we're going. That's right. Now, because I, I said all that because I was talking about the time of sorrows. So we talked about the weather anomalies. That's what's causing this, time of sorrows. He also said that in the last days, the, the children would turn against their parents. So are we not seeing that? Did, we not, did, did it not say that they're going to drag you before talking to Christians? Did he not say he's, they're going to drag you before the courts and the judges? The kings, are we yeah. not seeing that yeah, on an unprecedented level? Are we not seeing, did, they, did it not say that men will be given over to all manner of flesh? Yes. They're getting drunk, they're getting tattooed, they're doing all kinds of things. It says that in the last days, in the time of sorrows, that all manner of sexual immorality will become very, very present. Are we not looking at that? They're, come on, people, they're trying to legalize pedophilia. Come on, we're in the time of sorrows. We're in the time of sorrows. And the Bible says that as you see the day approaching, we better be able to see the days of times. He said, as you see the day approaching, number one, watch, look around, pay attention. Nowhere did he say, when you see the days approaching, get into panic and fear. No. He said, watch it. And then he said, pray. And then he said this. He said, and do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is. In other words, when you see the end times getting close, when you see the end of this current age coming to an end, that's all the more time that you need to get your fanny in the church every time the doors are open. Yep. I'm not cursing. I'm just being real direct. He said, when you see that, get in the church. Get in the church. And we got a good congregation that gets in the church. Praise the Lord. Yes. Um, 
So I'm not picking on y'all, but I'm just saying. And those that are online that aren't in the church, you better get in the church. Or you're out of line with the will of God. Not being mean. Uh, but he said, and then he said, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Well, pastor, if the prince of this world, which prince means the governor or ruler, prince, governor, or ruler, so the prince, the ruler of this world will be cast out. Well, uh, you just said that, that Satan's the god of this world, so how's he being cast out? I'm so glad you asked. So glad you asked. He's cast out by Christians standing in their God-given, Jesus-acquired authority, power, might, and dominion. Authority, power, might, and dominion. Go back to Psalms 23. None of this is in my notes. <laughs> Psalms 23. Well, we did pray that the Holy Spirit would move, so... <laughs> We were just at Psalms 24. Now let's look at Psalms 23. Why not? It's here somewhere. Let's read. Starting in verse, verse one. 1. Let's okay. read. The Lord is my shepherd. Who, I shall not want. The Lord, it, listen, just because we're in the time of sorrows doesn't mean Jesus stops shepherding you. Amen. The shepherd provides the sheep with all the provision that they need. So, yes, we're in the time of sorrows. Yes, things are looking bleak. Yes, the cost of groceries is going up. Yes, the cost of gas is going up. Yes, everything. I mean, you go to buy something today, you paid $20 less for it three weeks ago. Not quite that bad, but you get my point. But the shepherd will supply. The shepherd will supply. He, I shall not, does it say, I'll just barely get by? It says, I shall not want. Which means your wants will be taken care of. Let's keep going. All right. He that maketh, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Listen, talking sheep. He's talking sheep. What do sheep do? Sheep's ears are here. Sheep's are constantly listening, looking. Why? They're predatory. Or, well, I mean, they're prey for predators. Prey. Well, guess what? We're prey for the enemy. But if we're in Jesus, he maketh me to lie down. He says, listen, sheep. He says, sheep, I got this. Sheep, lay down. Sheep don't lay down just to lay down. Sheep nope. will not lay down until they are 100% sure that they're secure. And at all times, one sheep is standing. Watch. So he, say, he says, so he's talking to the sheep, and he said, sheep, go ahead, lay down. Uh, where at? In the dry desert places? In the green pastures, how much you know? Uh, I saw a video the other day. It was hysterical. I saw a video the other day. This horse, they had him in a dry pen for some reason. I don't know why. But they had this horse in a dry pen, a, a, a smaller pen. And this horse was laying on his side. And he had stuck his head under the, under the fence thing. And so he's laying on his side with his head on the ground, and he's stretching his neck as far as he can, and he's nibbling the green grass. That's not what we're doing. No, we're in the green pasture. Happy, got everything we need. Not only are we in the green pasture, there's a colon, which means he does what? He leads us beside the still waters. Listen, you don't want sheep getting in fast waters. How many, we've got the Okoe this way, we've got the Nanahela that way. How much do you know? You don't go just getting, you don't just go hopping those rivers. Uh-oh. 
In fact, you don't even get near the rivers. In fact, if you take your dog to the river with you, how much, you know, you keep them on a leash. Because you're like, oh, no, 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 you get in that water, you're getting swept away. No, he leads us beside the still, still calm, the, the, where, where it's safe to drink, safe to be supplied. Let's keep going. All right. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness he for his name's sake. He restores okay. my soul. That's your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your stress. He deals with your stress. So our household, we're dealing with some issues with our animals right now that's very stressful for us. So it was very stressful and very just over the top. And I come in this morning, and Miss Kathy said, are you okay? And I said, yeah. She said, you look stressed. And I said, oh, let me tell you what's going on. And she said, well, we'll just pray for wisdom and knowledge to know what to do and for God's hand to be on it. And I said, well, thank you, Jesus. How much do you know? We needed our soul refreshed. Amen. We needed our soul refreshed. And God provided somebody to come along, sharpen our iron, and say, come on now, get your eyes on Jesus. And then praise and worship. I mean, I was about to take off running. Because, why? Because Jesus has already got this thing handled. He's already got this thing handled. And I just got to thinking, Lord, I'm sorry. I got my eyes off of you and onto the situation. But here's how, and here's how he restores our soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for my name's sake. When I couldn't find the path of the goodness of God, God said, um, Kathy, go in there and deal with her. And she did. She did. Well, well, she's just a congregational member. She's not supposed to encourage the pastor. Baloney. Baloney. I'm as much of a, I'm just Christian as you are. I'm just human as you are. I deal with stuff just like you are. And we all need to be edified and built up and encouraged from time to time. Amen. Now, she didn't override my authority. She just said, Pastor, you, you're looking kind of stressed. You okay? And I, oh. But I know she, now, here's the deal. Some little baby Christian come in the door and say, Pastor, are you stressed? I'm not going to tell them my woes because they're going to get in the molly grubs with me. But I know she's got enough foundation in her that she's not going to get in the molly grubs with me. She's going to be used by God to get me back on the path of righteousness going the right way. That's how God does this. Sometimes he'll talk to your spirit. Sometimes he'll use people. Keep going. All right. Verse 4. 4, okay. Yea, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Oh, my goodness. We sometimes, I'm sorry, I'm dealing with a little bit of a sore throat, a dry throat this morning. Sometimes we go through some hard, dry places that feel dead. What a shepherd does, the shepherd has a rod or a staff, um, a, a rod, and what he does with the rod is a stick, and basically he comes along behind the sheep, and he kind of pokes him in the butt, kind of swatches him a little bit, and says, hey, go this way. Going the wrong way. You're Go going the, the wrong way. way. He kind of directs the path that we need to go to get through. Because notice it said, yea, I walk in. No, you walk through. through. <clears throat> in other words, you're going to enter on this side, and you're going to come out on that side. Now, how long you stay in this area is completely dependent upon you. Completely dependent on you. Because the my shepherd can come along and be poking me and prod me and I can say, Nope. Or you can, I'm having a pity party and that's where I'm going to stay. Or you can try to go your own way. 
or I can try to get out of, or I can try to say, well, I don't want to go all the way through, so I'm going to cut off this way. That's when the rod kicks in. What's the, or the, the staff. staff. What's the staff do? The staff has a hook on it. And so if I take off, the, uh, the, the, the staff comes in and it hooks me around the neck and it pulls me back in to where I need to be. And the staff says, no, come on, keep walking through. Keep walking through. That's what it means. Is God's going to, so he, does this mean that you're never going to have any issues? No, you're going to have issues. Does it mean you're not going to have storms? No, you're going to have storms, but you're not going to go through them by yourself. The shepherd is going to lead you. The shepherd is going to help you. The shepherd is going to put you over. He's going to get you through it. So we're going to get through the recession. Praise the Lord. See, see that if you talk to any shepherd or sheep herder, sheep have it made. Yeah. They're taking, they're well taken care of. They're provided for. Their their health is provided for. Their 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 needs are provided for. They're they're ma- they're put in green pastures and That's stuff. Right. But but you know they're sheep. So even though they're all completely taken care of, there's always going to be one or two or four or five or a bunch of them that just wander off from the rest of the herd and want to do their own thing. They they think they know what they're doing and they think they've got it made. They you know we've got it made. We can go over here and we'll start our own little town, you know. And and the heck with the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if the shepherd doesn't go after them, they're all going to end up dead. Because they're going to end up making a mess. Once they once they get out from under the protection of the shepherd. They're on their own. They're not provided for anymore. They're not looked after. They're not cared for. Their, their enemies are not not under their feet. They're 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 in fact their enemies are going to come in and start preying on them one at a time until they're all gone. So if the if the shepherd doesn't go after them, they're done. But he's a good shepherd. He's going to go after them. Now that now we as people, even though we're compared to sheep here, we've got our own choices. If we don't listen to the shepherd, if we don't listen to the spirit, if we don't listen to our fellow Christians who try to help us out with love, we're going to end up being devoured. We're going to end up on the wrong side of the fence. We're going to end up in the creek instead of beside it. That's right. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right. I'm following the Holy Ghost. I'm going to take a little side journey. I don't want you to turn your Bible. They'll help me on the board. I want to take a little side journey, because when we come back, I want you to know it's all right if you get a little excited. <laughs> not saying you will, I'm just saying you're allowed. Acts 13.52 says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. When you've got the Holy Ghost on the inside, here comes joy. Romans 4.17 says, and the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace. When you understand what you have in God, you have peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Romans fifteen thirteen says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. 1 Thessalonians 1 6, 1 Thessalonians 1 6 says, And ye become followers of us, and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, how much do you know when you're in that valley, you're in that valley of death, you're dealing with affliction, even in, even in that situation, 
the Father will provide you with joy of the Holy Ghost. Joy of the Holy Ghost. So when you're faced with some issues, when you're faced with some battles, when you're facing devils and demons, when you're facing financial issues, when you're facing health issues, when you're facing problems in life, You've got access to joy in the Holy Ghost. Why is this important? Because the enemy is out to steal your God-given joy. He, that's what he wants to do. Because a merry heart does good like a medicine, and, and a, a dry spirit uh, dryeth out or killeth the bones. So if you get sad, if you get down, if you get depressed, if you get discouraged, if you get stressed, full of worry and care, you're drying out. But if you'll stay in joy, if you'll stay in thanksgiving, if you'll stay in praise, then you'll have great health. Now let's go back to verse 5 of Psalms 23. Psalms 23 and 5. Now remember that this language, that the, the, the Hebrew is very much so a picture language. In other words, when they spoke, they were drawing mental images. So I need you to get a mental, a mental image of what the psalmist is saying here through the power of the Holy Ghost. Go ahead. All right. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. <laughs> oh, come on. Thou God. David said, God. God, you prepare a table before me. Now, when God prepares a table, it's not a meek little table. When God prepares a table, now, now I've, I've seen some people and I've heard them say, man, if I go to a restaurant and they got four pieces of fork, you know, they got three forks and two spoons and six, or, you know, all these forks and knives and spoons and cups, I don't know what to do with it. Give me a plate and a fork and a spoon. That's all I need. No, 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 honey. When God prepares the table before you, you've got the appetizer plate. You've got the, the, you've got the salad plate. You've got the dinner plate. You've got the dessert plate. You've got the soup bowl. You've got the little bowl to wash your fingers in the end time if you get a little dirty along the way. You've got the appetizer fork. You've got the salad fork. You've got the entree fork. You've got the dessert fork because every, everything you eat, man, there ain't no point in it getting mingled up in your mouth. Just go ahead and change forks along the way. You get the, you get the, the soup spoon and the and the sauce spoon and and the little adore uh, 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 um, appetizer another word for appetizer <laughs> or door there you go that's the word you get that spoon that little fork you get you get the water cup you get the coffee cup you get the you get the communion wine cup you get the drink you get your regular drink cup whatever you want to have with it you get the you get all of it now that's just the setting. And all that setting is set on fine linen. That's just the setting. And you don't get the old, you don't get the uncomfortable one-hour chair. You get the throne-like chair that says, come on, sit down. You're going to be here a while. You get the beautiful chair. And he sets this table down. Now, he doesn't just bring it. Now, listen, when he brings out the servings, when he brings out the servings, not it's meager. not a meager little, you know, uh, here's a beet for you and a potato and, and a little tiny sliver of dried up chicken. 
No, honey. No, when he brings, when the, when the dishes come out, they come out, and when the food comes out, it comes out in fine china, and the, and the dishes are overflowing. And so on that table, there's the bread of life. And on that table is the blessing of prosperity. And on that table is divine healing. And on that table is the cure for all sickness and disease. And on that table is everything that you want and desire. On that table, I mean, I'm telling you what, it's the biggest bird you've ever seen in your life. It's a big old, listen, the Flintstones and their slab of beef ain't got nothing on what the Lord Jesus has. He's got it covered. That table, you sit down and your eyes look so big and you think, Oh, Lord, we're going to be here a while. <laughs> no, but here's the deal. Now here, I mean, it's a beautiful table. And you get to just say, uh, Jesus, I'll take a scoop of them blessings. And I'll take a scoop of that healing. And I'll take a scoop of that divine provision over there. And I think I'll have some of that extra provision over there. And, Lord Jesus, I think I'll take some of that. Oh, I think I'll take some of that... Uh, forgiveness and i think i'll take some of that redemption and i'll take me some of that uh 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 uh, uh, uh prosperity some of that oh father i'll take a big heavy dose of who i am in christ i'll take a big old heaping of this thing can you picture this can you picture this table now now you've got this and you're i mean you're drooling now oh and don't forget he brings out the chocolate cake Right. And he brings out the the, ice cream and he brings out the freshly made pastries. You know, those ones that you look at and you just uh, your jaw drops and you can smell the cinnamon from the other room. You know, you can smell the you're like, what is that? Jesus says, oh, that's the desserts that we don't have room on the table for them yet. But I assure you they're coming. You know, because it's, oh, cheese, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, big, thick New York cheesecake. I mean, Miss Judy's cake is good, but Jesus is better. I mean, that thing is full. But yeah. look at what he does. <laughs> he says, I prepared, go ahead. He, he, now, now, remember, he said, he's, I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Now, your enemies aren't, aren't right there eating with you. They're outside the window no, looking no. in. <laughs> no, they're not even outside the window. Oh, come on, I want to draw you a picture. Here we go. Come on. Here's your table. You're sitting at your table. Here you are. You're on your big table right here. Give me another chair, Zach. Get me a chair. Quick, 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 like a bunny. And here sits. Here sits. Come on. Here sits your enemies. They can fully see the table, but they're on a chain. And you're sitting there and you're going, hmm, I got my plate. Hey, don't, don't you want some of this? This looks good, right? This, yeah, this looks good. You want some of this? Psych, you can't have that. <laughs> No, that's not for This is for me. This is for me. He's my, while you're sitting there eating the goodness of God, your enemy's on a chain, and, you're, and you have the ability to stand there and mock him. Oh, you, oh, oh, oh. You, 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 said I'm, you said I'm a nobody? Look at this big dish of who I am. I think I'll just stand here and eat on this a while. Oh, you said I'm sick and I can't ever get healed? I think I'm going to take this big dish of healing, and I'm just going to sit here. Didn't this look good? I know I'm completely healed. I know it's, I, you tell me I'm not healed, but look at all this healing that belongs to me. Mocking the devil. He's on the chain in front of you. Huh. And who put him on the chain in front of you? Jesus. Jesus did. Come on. Come on. Y'all aren't getting this. You ain't seen it yet. And then not only, not only are you seated at the table, but here comes the king of kings, the lord of lords. And he's got his train 
that tells all the enemies, you're vanquished. He's got his train on, and he comes in that room, and he brings the anointing oil, which means that's the power of God. The anointing represents the power of God. And Jesus comes in while you're sitting there at the table, and Jesus says, you like all this? He said, yeah, God, I like all this that you provide for me. He said, I'm not done. He said, let me anoint your head with oil. Let me put upon you all of my power, might, and ability. And he begins to pour it over you. And all that might and all that ability and all that power is going on the inside of you. And meanwhile, your enemy that thinks he's ruling the world is stuck on a chain watching this and god says and jesus says and he says i'm just you and jesus pours a little bit i wish i oh man i take the anointing oil i got a big bottle of it aren't you glad it's in the office i got a big anointing oil i could and jesus walks up and jesus says and jerry goes that's enough he's god says no that ain't good and he just keeps pouring and he 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 keeps pouring he keeps pouring my cup runneth over you are never without the anointing, the power, and the ability of God, and your enemy is always on a chain. There's only so, you're, you, the devil can only do what you allow him to do. I'll tell you another little picture story. When I was a kid, my, dad ran, my daddy ran a junkyard, and the junkyard was in the, back house, in the backyard. So you had to go past the house to get to the backyard, and there was only one way in on the backyard. You, the other side was closed off. And uh, we lived in a trailer, and, under the, and, 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 you know, the trailers had the skirts around it and what have you. Well, there's a piece of the skirting off, um, and we had a large, white German Shepherd. Super friendly, super sweet, love anybody. And he would let anybody in the backyard, but you could not get out of the yard. Because you could be in the backyard, do whatever you want, but when you went to come out of the yard, lightning was right there. There were many times that I got off the bus and there'd be somebody standing just outside of Lightning's Reach going, hey, can you do something with your dog? Why are you in the backyard? Well, I was looking for your dad. I said, did you find him? No. Well, I guess you're going to be there till you find him. And I go right on in the house. Go right on in the house. Why? Because the dog would not let them go but see, the dog was restricted to the range of his train. He was restricted to the range of his train. Now, if it was somebody I knew and, and everything was on the up and up, I could go, okay, Lightning, let him go, let him pass. And I go, okay, just love him. So he got almost out of reach, and then he'd nip him on the butt just to make sure they knew he was boss, just to make sure. Well, that's how the devil behaves. The devil is on a chain, and he's going to let you do so much. And then he's going to try to block your path. But he can't block your path if you've got the authority to make him back off. And we have that authority. One of the ways that we get him to back off is through praise. One of the ways that we get him to back off is through praise. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's pick up in verse 17. We're going to read verses 17 through 20. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what 
the will of the Lord is. God does not want his people ignorant. God does not want his people not knowing what to do. God wants his people informed. And so he said, and how much do you know? I've heard it more times than I can count. How much do you know? Many people will say, well, you just don't know God's will. If you don't know God's will, it's because you're not opening your Bible. Exactly. Plain and simple. Or, and I'll, I'll, say, I'll even say it this way, you may be reading your Bible, but you're reading it like a book on a shelf. You're not reading it like it's the living word of God. You, when we sit down and pray, and Pastor Mike will attest to this, when we sit down to read our word, because he did this for years, he and I approached the word very differently from two very different perspectives. I approached it as it was the living word of God and I needed God to teach me. So every time I sat down to read the word, I would always say, Father, teach me. Open up my eyes and teach me. Pastor Michael, for years, read it as a book. Because he's a big reader and that's what you do is you read. So I, I, finally got, I finally got a hold of him, or really God got a hold of him, God, and, and, and got him to, to, to say, okay, honey, how do you get everything out of the word that you get? I said, I do this one thing. I ask the Lord to teach me. And I read it slow, and I take my time, and I listen to the Spirit. I pay attention to the punctuations. And I, and I, and I think about it, and I process it over and over in my mind. So he said, okay. So he got to starting to pray. And, he, and then he said, wow, I'm learning. I've got to slow down. I've got to take my time. I've got to think this through. I've got to process this. And then he said, and then he kind of got to a point where it was kind of stalled. He was getting stuff, but not like he need, not to the degree that he needed to. So I said, honey, I said, you got to pray according to the word. I said, God responds to the scriptures. Speak the scriptures. So I took him to uh, the first chapter of Ephesians, where Paul said, I pray this always, that... Uh, that the eyes that, the, that God gives you a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge, and that your understand that the eyes of your understanding being opened to the knowledge of Christ. I said, when you pray, you you say that right there, and so he started doing that, and the results were very different every time, right? Yep. So it changes. So you've got to when you approach the word, you've got to approach it with purpose. So he said, he said, I don't want you to be unwise, but understanding what. God, the Holy, it wasn't just, it wasn't Paul that wanted us to know the will of God. It was the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul that wanted to know, that, that said, I want you to know the will. Well, the Holy Spirit only says what Jesus says, and Jesus only says what the Father says. So if the Holy Spirit inspired Paul, then it was ultimately the Father that inspired the Holy Spirit to say this. So God wants us to know his will. Yes. So let's keep reading. What is his will? All right. 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. All right. Be not drunk. He doesn't. Alcohol is a counterfeit for the Holy Ghost. Alcohol. I don't care if or it's. Or drugs. Alcohol, drugs, anything that will intoxicate the brain is a counterfeit for the Holy Ghost. Now, when we see that word drunk, we think, you know, completely, completely tipsy, out of control. But then how much do you know they've changed the signs on the road that says tipsy driving is still drunk driving? 
So they figured out that tipsy driving is just as bad as what we classify as drunk driving. But God says, when you dig into this word, God says any level of intoxication. So the question that I asked the Lord when I read that, I said, Lord, what level intoxicates the brain? He said, you tell me. Well, Lord, I would think if that's what the purpose of it is, is to intoxicate the brain, I think any level. You, you discern it for yourself. Now, he does say we're in excess, and you have to, and again, that applies to the culture of the day of the time because their wine was not the same as our wine. They had their wine, they had three types of wine, but they had one word. One type of wine was the freshly squeezed juice. That was the best wine. That's what Jesus turned the water into at the wedding. Jesus did not turn the water into the wine that you get off the grocery store shelf. He turned it into freshly squeezed juice. Another sermon for another day. But be filled with what? The Spirit. It's God's will that every believer be filled with the Holy Ghost. Also another sermon for another day. But just know, God wants you filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's find out what else he wants you to do because there's a semicolon which says these other things God wants you to do. Yep. So verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Well, God, that's a tall order because I can't keep a song in my head for for love or money. I can't either. I can't either. But my spirit... My spirit always has a song. My spirit. So I will all the time walk around just if I'm not in a group of people. And sometimes if I'm a group of believers, then, I, then you're just going to deal with it. But uh, I'm always, there's always a song in my spirit. Or Walmart. Bless your heart. I'll tell you that little story. Keep, you, keep it light. So we were at camp, and I just, because we're talking about praise will put you over, so this applies. Praise will put you over. We, we got to camp, and we had miscalculated and had some issues, and I needed a kiddie pool for one of our games. Desperately needed a kiddie pool. Well, by the time you get to camp, summer's mostly over, and they're already starting to kind of filter that stuff out. So I desperately needed a pool, uh, a, an inflatable one of a certain size. And so I told her, I said, we're going in here, and I've got, I cannot leave here without this pool. And she's like, oh, pastor. I said, no, listen to me, because I'm trying to teach her some things. I said, I'm trying to teach you some things. And I said, she said, Pastor, I said, listen to me. I, she said, you ain't going, she said, you think you're going to find you a pool in here? And I mean, righteous indignation kicked in. And I said, not only am I going to find my pool, but I'm going to praise my way to it. I said, because Jesus loves me and Jesus knows my every need. Jesus loves me. And I was just that loud and I was just that bold. Jesus is leading me to what I need. Come on, Jesus, I give you glory and honor and praise. And she's being just that obnoxious. I'm being and of that course, obnoxious. Brianna was a young teenager at this point. So, and she's having to hang with, with, with Pastor Robbie here. And so she's, she's kind of embarrassed. Yeah, she was an aisle over. And she said, so she go, we walked to the aisle. Yeah, it was, it's, it's by the cashiers, but, you know, it's on the seasonal aisle, you know. And so I go over there where it should be. And there's no pool. And a little smarty butt servant of Satan says, I told you. <laughs> she knows I'm picking on her. 
She said, I told you you weren't going to find no pool. I said, oh, you think so? Jesus! I said, Jesus, I need that pool. I need you. I know you provided it. Your word says that you provide me with every need that I every every want, need, and desire according to your riches and glory. Father, you knew that camp was this week. Father, you knew we needed that. These games are yours. We can't mess this thing up. Father, lead me. Father, guide me. Father, direct me. What am I doing? Am I doing it to be an embarrassment? No, I'm doing it to teach her something. I'm doing it for her benefit. I'm not doing it for the sinner's benefit. I'm doing it for her benefit. And so I said, oh, and so I just started going, Father, I thank you. Father, I praise you. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit's leading me. Oh, Jesus loves me. I know I I can't sing. I know I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I know it's horrible timing. I don't care. I'm getting my victory. So I'm going, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, just on the inside, I went over this aisle that had camping stuff on it. Little servant over here says, that's camping stuff. You ain't going to find it over there. I said, you hide and watch. My Jesus is directing me. My, direct, my Jesus is guiding me. My Jesus is on my side. Hallelujah. I just spotted it. There it was. One little pool on the bottom shelf kind of tucked behind. And I looked out. I reached down there. And I reached out and I pulled it up. And I looked at her. And I said, now who's right? <laughs> and she said, she said, I quit, I'm done, okay, you know something. Yeah, I know. I don't know a something, I know a someone. I know a someone. Now, do you, do you need to go into the store and make all that scene? No. In fact, you shouldn't because they're going to think you're a fruit nut and granola. But in that moment, I needed a victory, and, it could not, and, and I could not consider other people. I had to consider my Father God. Because my Father God said through his son, Jesus, if you deny me, uh, Jesus said, if you deny me, I'll deny you before the Father. I could not in that situation deny my Lord Jesus because I needed his help. I needed him. And so he said here, he said, speaking to yourselves in hymns and, or psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You may not be able to know a song, but the Holy Spirit will give you a song. He'll give you a song if you'll just listen to him. Amen. Making melody in your heart. Making a melody in your heart. Giving thanks. When? Heart of praising. Giving thanks how often? Verse 20. Always. Always. For always. No matter what you're up against, no matter what you're dealing with, give God praise always. And how do we give him the praise? With our words. For all things unto God. The Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I was actually, that's what I, because I couldn't remember the song because it was a Holy Ghost song at the time. That's what I was actually singing. I was walking through the aisles going, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. In the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus, all my supply is met. In the name, and she's going, oh, pastor. I said, listen, I'm listening to the Holy Ghost in his name. Come on, in his name. I said, I, told, I even looked at her at one point. I said, why don't you just join me? She's like, nope. Okay. So God tells us that we're to praise and we're to sing and we're to worship. That giving of thanks means to give God praise. We're to do this how often? Always. Always. Go to Colossians chapter 3. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 through 20. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. This is what Miss Kathy did for me this morning. She came in there and she admonished me. She built me up. She encouraged me. She said, God's wisdom. God's wisdom. Now, she didn't sing it, but she admonished. That's what we do for each other. Building each other up. Constantly helping each other. Constantly singing. I've gone, just walking by myself. I was walking down the aisle one day at camp, and I was walking by the offices, and I wasn't thinking about it. I just had my eyes on Jesus, and I was just praying. I just, just singing in the Holy Ghost, just just singing, just, um, I see, I, I don't remember how I was singing, but I was singing in the Holy Ghost, not paying any attention. And all of a sudden, from one of the offices, from all of a sudden, one of the offices of the people that, that work there, uh, so they're not part of our group, but they're working there. And all of a sudden, one of the ladies from the office cries, calls out, she says, don't stop doing that. I need that. That's blessing me. Oh, Okay. Speaking in tongues, I thought, well, I don't know if she knows what, okay, maybe God gave her the interpretation. I don't know. But she said, don't stop doing that. I need that. Okay. That's part of God's will. Part of God's will. Let's keep reading. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Everything you do, do it with praise in your heart and praise in your hands. Everything that you do, praise. Go back to Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praying with all prayer. Praise, which is giving God honor for who he is, or I mean giving God honor for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. That's the definition of praise. Praise is giving God honor for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Worship is giving God honor for who he is. But notice it says praying with all prayer. Praise and worship are both prayer. In fact, they're one of the most powerful prayers, most powerful prayers. Uh, and the reason is, is because it gets God's, is, is because it's that praise that will put you over. Go to Philippians 4.4. 4. Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Another way of saying this is praise in the Lord always. And again, I say praise, praise. All right, keep going. Keep on. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He said, be careful for nothing. What he's saying is don't carry the care. Don't carry the worry, don't carry the stress, don't carry the anxiety, but instead prayer or instead praise. Instead, instead of carrying the care, instead of getting into worry, instead of getting into fear, instead of getting into stress, 
praise because God already has the answer. He already knows. He already knows. When people come at me with something and they just, okay, God taught me this a long time ago. When they come at me and their world's exploding, I look at them and I say, stop, pause. This is not a surprise to God. God already knew this was going to happen, and God already has your victory at hand. You've just got to get your eyes on God. Always put your eyes on God. Don't carry the care. Don't carry it. In fact, for you to carry it is sin. So how do you avoid that sin? You put your eyes on Jesus and you praise him. You praise him. All right. Keep reading just a little bit. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How do you keep your heart settled? How do you keep your mind settled? Through praise. Through praise. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, Think on these things. So anything, whatever your situation is, I'm always transparent. Always transparent. So we have birds. We've had birds since I was eight years old. Got my first bird for, when, for my eighth birthday. It was a little parakeet. Some years later, around the age of 12, we got our first uh, parrot, first couple of parrots. And one of them, his name was Oliver. We've had Oliver for 40, for, for 40 years. Uh, and he was between the age of three and five when we got him. He was 45, uh, and Oliver has con- Oliver came down sick, very unexpectedly, came down sick, 45 years old, and we brought and, and uh, we were treating him, and at first it seemed to work, and then it didn't work, so we took him to a specialized vet the other day, and uh, we knew because we've had birds for so long, we know that when they get to the point that he was at, it's a long shot that he's going to make it. We understand that, but there's always hope. So we get down there, and we start to talk to the vet and what have you, and it turns out, long story short, it turns out that uh, he's got a viral, that they suspect he's got a, a, a fungal infection, and, and, and we saw his x-rays, and we knew there's, we're not going to even attempt to put him through the recovery because he's so bad and it would be too hard on him. Uh, and, and the vet said, honestly, I've never seen a gray this old in this great of shape despite the sickness that he's dealing with so okay so we had to make the decision to euthanize him or because it 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 was the humane thing to do and in doing that they're going to be able to do some tests and make sure that we can get the other birds taken care of the reality is is this infection is a type that can actually take out our entire flock and i've had my birds for most of them are only 10 or 15 years younger than Oliver, and we've had them their entire life. So this is a big deal to us because you know we just built a big aviary and everything to us. So this is a big, hard situation that we're in. Hard, hard situation. And instead of speaking doubt and unbelief, we didn't speak. We just sat quiet and still and numb. Just quiet and still and numb. But in the moment, God entered that room when we were making this decision, when we were faced with the decision, and instantly the Holy Ghost said, he can help the other birds. 
What am I thinking on? What's good? What's good? How, how can this turn to the good? In the spirit, in the spirit, I heard the spirit say, Oliver can help the other birds. So the vet was trying to get us to make a decision on Oliver, and I looked at her and I said, I understand what you need me to do with Oliver. You need us to make, because the other option was to send him to UGA, and they send a little microscope in there and take microscopic tweezers and pick the stuff out of his ear sacs. I'm not doing that to him. He's 45 years old, and, and he likely wouldn't survive it anyways. Uh, so I looked at her, and I said, I understand you're looking at him, but I'm looking at everybody at home. Can they be treated? And she said, if we can get in there and find out what it is, we can, we can treat them, I believe. And I, said, and, and, and I had already heard in my spirit, he can help them. What was I doing? I was thinking on the good, thinking on the good. But here's the deal. You have to train yourself to get to that point. You have to train yourself because in that moment, the world is crashing in. This is our baby. This is our baby. This is my boy. This is my boy who, um, just to give you an idea, the first, the first word Oliver ever learned was my name. He was my wake-up call in high school. Every morning, he would call my name to get me out of bed. He's, my, he's our boy. You can't handle him because he was wild, but he's our boy. When, I, when Michael and I were living away from home, we could be gone six months, a year, three months. It didn't matter. We could come home in a different vehicle that he's never heard or doesn't know. We could be in a different vehicle. It could be night. He could have no view of us, anything. And I could open. We pull up into the driveway, and immediately, for the first time, Oliver would go, Robbie? Now, and I look at mom, I go, does he do this all the time? She says, he never calls for you unless you're here. She said, in fact, when you guys leave, he will not call your name again until you come back. That's how smart they are. So we're facing this. What do I have to do in this storm? I have to praise my God because my God has the answer. My God knows. So I have to think on, I have to think on what's true. God knew. I have to think on what's honest. Oliver can help this situation. I have to think on what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, what's of a good report, what's of virtue. I have to think on praise. Thank God. Here's a praise report. Thank God we have the finances to deal with this situation. Because in times past, we wouldn't have had the finances to deal with this situation. In times past, we would have had to just sit and watch them all pass one by one. But thank God we have the finances to handle this situation at this time. See, these are you've got to understand who your God is. You have to understand who he is. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5. Verse 16. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He said, rejoice every more, pray without ceasing, giving thanks, which means giving praise, for this is the will of God. Now, when I was studying this, I heard the Lord say this. He said, so I want to ask you what he asked me. Do these scriptures that tell you over and over again to praise me, he, he said this. 
He said, does this make me a dictator that just wants to be praised? No. He's telling you to praise him because God, God's God. God's not going to change who he is whether he's praised or not. But praise, when you praise God, you are putting a spiritual force, a spiritual law into motion and into action. And you're, what you're doing is you're bringing the power of God into your situation. You're bringing the power of God onto the scene so that God can bring you through this valley. So Go when, back. You, when you praise him, you're, you're choosing to trust in him. You're tr- choosing to, to have faith in him. And when, you, and when you choose to have faith, that puts that spiritual law into effect. You're, you're choosing to put him, the God of all, in charge. And so how do you get God involved in your life? How do you put God in charge of your circumstances? Through choice and through prayer and through praise. Psalms 24, I want to go back there. Psalms 24. No, that's not the verse I wanted. I'm sorry. Did I not write it down? Well, real quick, go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 20. verse for the sake of time um, I'm gonna um, for the sake of time I'm just gonna summarize what's happening here here Jehoshaphat which is the king of Judah the ruler of Judah um, is about to there are several armies that are about to attack the land of Judah and Jehoshaphat is the ruler of Judah and Jehoshaphat is like God, these armies are about to overtake us. I don't know what to do. So he went to the Lord in prayer and asked the Lord, what do I do? And the Lord told him something, because this is like five armies coming against them in one time. And these were big armies. And they're all coming against Judah at one time. Think of it as America is about to go to war with um, uh, Russia, China, Korea, like, you know, all the big super, all the big powers of the world, they're all fixing to attack America type of thing. Not real far from what the news looks like, right? And, and so he said, Lord, he, so he went to the Lord, so Jehoshaphat went to the Lord and said, Lord, what do I need to do? And the Lord said this. He said, well, you're going to send the army out. Okay, Lord, that's good. So you're going to anoint my soldiers to fight. He said, but before you, but, but he said, I want you to organize the army, get the, re- the army ready to move. He said, and then the Lord said, and then I want you to, to get the praisers, get the praise team. <laughs> he, he said, he said, get the praise team and put the praise team in front of the soldiers. How much do you know right now the praise team just went, excuse me, I'm out. Excuse me, you got five armies coming at us, coming down the valley at us. We're in a bad position, and you want me, I, you know, I don't do the weapons. I do the singing. <laughs> like, Jesus, what are you thinking right now? What do you think? Like, like uh, Jesus, hello? You know, how much do you know? The pray, he, and, and so the Lord, the Lord told Jehoshaphat, 
send the praisers out. Now, did Jehoshaphat go, now, Lord, now let's talk about this. No, Jehoshaphat said, Jehoshaphat said, I'm on it. In fact, let's read it. Jehoshaphat said, we don't have enough singers. He went and assigned people to the praise team that day. Let's read it. You're going to be shocked. He assigned people that day to the praise team. Where's that at? Michael says, where's that? <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 20. Oh, my goodness. Uh, hold on. i got to find it. <laughs> it's in here because I read it this morning. Well, let's just pick up in verse 1. Okay, so much for saving time. So much for saving time. I'm sorry, I got you got to get this story. I'm sorry. Right. <clears throat> it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Amorites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side, Syria. And behold, they be in uh, Hazagon Tamar, which is Engidai. Okay. Uh, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Listen, when you get into fear, when you get into stress, when you get into worry, set your face to the seek, Lord. Seek the Lord. Fast. Shut everything out. Put your eyes on Jesus. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God our father, of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of heaven, of the heaven? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? He's praying. He's praying. He's praising. He's praying. Art, he's going. He's he's pleading his case. He's praying. Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon, and Moab, and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them, and destroyed them not, behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no, no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And the Lord stood before, or and Judah stood before, all of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jazazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Bethaniah, the son of Jeel, and the son of uh, Matanitha, 
a Levite, the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king, Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God. God tells us that today. God says when you're faced with a storm, when you're faced with a situation, remember that your enemy is on a chain. Do not be dismayed. Do not be full of fear. Do not be full of worry. Do not be full of anxiety. For the battle is not yours, but God's. You have to remember this. God is the one that fights for you. You don't have to fight. All you have to do is praise. Keep going. I found my verse. Keep going. Verse 16. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they, have, they come up by the cliff of Ziz. And ye shall find them at the end of the brook, before the wilderness of Jeril, or Jeril. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, or set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with a loud voice on high. Now, it was the Levites' job to praise. They were in the ministry. So the praise team stepped up, but keep going. And they rose early in the morning and went forth unto the wilderness of Tekoa. And as, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. He appointed. So the Levites were already appointed. They already knew their job. But he got out there looking at the praise team and said, mm, Not enough. I think you need a few more. Hey, you're going to go sing, and you're going to go sing, and you love the Lord, so you're going to go sing. And I know you can't keep time, but you're getting up there too because you've got a good, strong voice. Get up there. He got them all up there. He appointed them. They get, talk about getting put on the praise team in the spot. He did it right then and there. And then he said, oh, they said, oh, I'm on the praise team. And they said, you don't want to be on the praise team. Don't take, there you go. What? And they went, wait, what? I'm doing what? And they're going, huh? how much do you know? You get set out in front of the army and all of a sudden you, I'm going to the front. <laughs> Let's keep what happens. Let's see what happens. All right. So he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, everyone, help, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked out into the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. When the praise team kicked in and started praising. Now these armies are types and shadows of, of spiritual warfare today. 
when we get to praising, it allows God to go into the enemy's camp and cause them to be so confused that they begin to attack one another. Attack one another. So what will happen when you get to praising God is God will go to work for you behind the scenes and he will cause these demons that are causing your situation to attack one another and to destroy the work of each other on your behalf. And then all of the sudden, you get to have what they get read just a tiny bit more. Okay, uh, none escaped. All right, verse 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Praise will put you over every time. The reason that God says, I know what verse I needed. Thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> it's in the book of Psalms. I didn't write it down, but it's in the book of Psalms. And it says that God inhabits the praises of his people. I believe it's Psalms 105. God inhabits the praises of his people. When you get to praising God, when you're by, if you're by yourself or if you're in a group of people, when you get to praising God, it causes God to come on the scene of your situation and it causes him to fight your battle for you. And when he fights the battle and he wins the battle, you get the spoils of the warfare. In other words, you get the outcome that you need plus and above what you could ask or think. Plus and above. So praise will put you over every time. So when your mind is full of worry, when your mind is full of fear, when your mind is full of anxiety, when you're facing a situation, when your body starts to talk to you that you're not well, when your body starts to tell you you need to be sad, down, and depressed, what do you need to do? You need to begin to praise. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's going to feel dry. And sometimes it's going to feel like you're up against uh, just a dry, hard box. But if you'll just praise and praise and praise and praise, then you'll get, o you'll get over it. I learned this from Pastor Tommy. He was a big old Petra fan. And so when he went, because he's an old, old school rock and roller, and so he said this. He said when his mind would get to going, now this was in the day of the stereo stacks and the big hi-fi speakers, you know. And so he said this. He said when he got under that pressure, he'd go over to the big hi-fi, and he'd turn that thing up, and he'd get them speakers thumping real good, and he'd get it so loud that he couldn't even hear his own mind. And he would just begin to sing and worship with the Father. And, he, and as he got into... Because the oppression on the mind was so thick. And he said he'd finally get over to that place where he could hear the Father God. So I, tell, so, I, so I tell you, there's times that you just need to turn on your worship music. And you need to do, because I'm telling you, you can't call the praise team. They've got wives too. So in the moment, God needs to anoint you, to boost your anointed to be on the praise team. And you need to just begin to praise him and worship him. And, and divine, whatever it is that you need, you'll get your breakthrough. You'll get that breakthrough in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. Father, I thank you for your blessings. Father, as we prepare to give your tithe, to do tithes and offerings, Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. 
Father, I thank you for your love. Father, I thank you that as we sow our tithes and we sow our offerings, that you cause an increase to come to your people. Father, we just give you glory and honor. Satan, you take your grubby hands off the people's finances in every area, every type of finance. We command you to take your hands off their money. We command you to release it and let it go. We command you to release and let go any uh, uh, the sevenfold increase from anything that you have stolen from them in times past. For we now know that you are the thief that comes and steals from us. And so, Father, we command the angels, according to the word, to go out and to minister on the behalf of the people and cause a supernatural blessing to come to them, cause finances to come. And, Father, we, pass, we, we bless them with a pastoral blessing. And, Father, we thank you for their faithfulness. And, Father, we ask on their behalf that you pour them out such a blessing that they cannot contain it all. Father, because we've got good people in this house. And, Father, we, it's your will and your plan to bless them. So I thank you that you do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, preach myself extremely happy. We've got prayer and healing school tonight at 6, uh, prayer at 5. Uh, this is, you know, Jesus said his house was to be called a house of prayer, so we put a lot of emphasis on prayer in this house. Amen. Uh, so that's why, that's why we meet to do prayer. And uh, then we've got, and then Wednesday night we've got 